Hello everyone, welcome back to Morning with Zaid Shantari. Today we have Nisi with us. She was born Tanisha Plowden. Um, she was born and raised in Northeast Ohio and then moved to North Carolina in 2014. She suffered years of sexual abuse from multiple family members, years of physical and abuse from her ex-spouse and she kept all this trauma tucked away in her heart for decades. In her new book, Behind Closed Doors, she shared the pathway she took to get free from these traumatic events. She believed far too many people carry around the weight of painful things that happened to them behind closed doors. This is why she created a Behind Closed Doors journal as well to coincide with the book. This isn't an ordinary journal. This journal of a step in the direction of healing. She has included affirmations, scriptures, promissory notes to self, positive questions to help find yourself as well as a positive note to herself. Her goal is to help them understand that there is a hope and there is a pathway to freeing your mind from a dark past and most importantly, giving encouragement to speak out. So, Today, we would be having Nisi share her story and how she was able to come out of those traumatic events. So, hi, Nisi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? And thank you for having me on. Um, thank you for being so bold and brave and sharing your story with our listeners. And because I'm pretty sure it's really inspirational and it will help thousands of women out there who are still suffering abuse behind the closed doors. Um, so can you tell our listeners something about yourself, what you do, who you are? Sure. Um, so as he mentioned, I was born Tanisha Plowden. Um, I've, I go by Nisi J last name, of course, Jordan. Um, I am currently a wife, a mother, grandmother of two. Um, I am an author, um, also, um, daycare provider, um, and um, I come to write this book um, behind closed doors um, because of some things that had happened to me as a child um, and into my adulthood as well. That's um, so nice to hear from you. Um, so how how did you come up with this journal and this uh, book of uh, behind the closed doors when did you when did you realize that to, now is the time that the world needs a book like this so um 2017 is when i decided to sit down and write um for years many years um as you would find out in the book um I was molested at the age of seven up until probably 11 years old. And then I went through um, domestic abuse, um, physical, mental, and emotional abuse. Um, So in 2017, um, while here in North Carolina, I decided it was time to sit down and write a book because I was still holding in a lot of anger. Um, I had a lot of... Um, yeah, just a lot of anger still inside of me that I did not think was still there. 
Um, so I decided that, hey, the best way for me to get things off my chest is to put it on paper. So I started to do that. And it took me four years to actually finish it only because I wasn't sure, you know, how this was going to play out, how it was going to affect those around me or even those who don't know me. Um, but I thought I would take that chance and help myself get these demons released. And for me, just putting it on paper is the best thing for me. Um, and then I thought, hey, there's so many people out here who's suffering the same thing that I've gone through. Um, so I wanted my pain to be released into the world for people to see that, you know, just because you're going through it doesn't mean that's the end all be all. Um, so I decided to do that. And then, um, well, let me just say in this, in this book, um, again, it just talks about me being molested, going through physical mental abuse, um, attempting suicide and how I made it through all of that. It wasn't easy. Um, but I had to push through for so many years with so much inside of me holding everything in. Um, and I didn't re release, really talk about it, talk about it or tell my parents until 22 years later. Um, so how did they react it, uh, first of all? And secondly, when it was happening with you um, at a much younger age, at seven years old till 11, um, did you try to talk with anyone? Because um, this is what I have observed and read in articles that, especially for younger girls who get molested by their family members, um, even when they try to talk about it, um, there are two outcomes. Firstly, their family members don't believe them. Secondly, even if they do, they try to hush them up. Um, so what what happened with you so um when it happened to me i was told not to say anything so naturally you know me being a child you know i did not i didn't want to say anything and as i got older i still didn't want to say anything for the fact i did not want to hurt you know anyone in my family um so i just let it marinate for as long as I did and just to figure out it was really hurting me um so that's why it took me so long um so when I finally told um my father and mother what happened my father was angry um they both were angry um my uh, father actually confronted well, let me back up because I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure he did. Um, my, my uncle who molested me, he was in prison for raping another child. Um, so my father was actually on his way to go visit him when I actually told him what happened. So he left angry. So I'm assuming he talked to him. I never went back to ask him, you know, what did he say when you confronted him? I didn't want to get into all of that. Um, I just left it where it was. Um, so it was a lot of anger for him. Um, but the other people that's done things to me that is mentioned in the book, I did not get to tell my father, um, because he had passed away. Hmm. Um, so, so Nisi, you wrote this book, um, recently, 
and you shared the journal recently before like not that recently but still pretty recently and then you you have been having this thing buried inside your of yourself how did these traumatic events explain experiences affected your personal life and professional life ooh it definitely affected my personal life um because of all of the anger and not trusting anyone really caused damage to my relationships um, that I've had in the past. Um, Because, again, I'm not able to trust those that I think that love me. Um, Because I was, you know, um, told that I was loved by my grandfather and my uncle, but, you know, that trust was broken. So that's how I felt with everyone else in my life. Um, I felt like trust will never be there because I just couldn't trust them. So why would I be able to trust these other people? Um, so it did definitely um, cause issues in my first marriage, cause issues in, well, my second marriage, that's where I was being um, abused. So that right there alone um, caused more <laughs> trust issues. Um, as far as you know, my work goes and my career, like it, it helped me to be a better me when it comes to, you know, because um, I've been a daycare teacher, I've been a preschool teacher, and it helped me to really protect kids um, and want to protect kids, um, you know, and teach them right from wrong, um, you know, how to say no. So it helped me in that sense, but it did a lot of damage to my relationships. Um, so, so Nisi, did you try to explain your previous partners the reason for your behavior or were you also not sure that all this anger and all this stress issue was from those traumatic events from your past? So I did not really explain that in my relationships. So like my first marriage, he knew, I actually told, he was the first person that I told, and I was 15. I did not give him the full details of everything. That was my first husband, my kid's father. Um, so I did mention to him some things that had happened, just never went into depth with it. Um, so being so angry throughout my marriage and other relationships, no, I've never said, hey, this is the reason why I'm like this. It took me a long time to actually figure that part out. Um, I know now. Um, and, and one more thing to follow up on um, on this, because you mentioned you suffered abuse in your second marriage. And of, of course, no woman marries a man considering or thinking that uh, she would be abused. Um, so what are some red flags which a woman can identify earlier in the relationship before moving in or before um, getting married to the person they feel is their prince charming, but then after after the marriage is done, she finds out that, okay, um, the person has their own issues and now she's being abused or uh, victimized. Um, what are some red flags? Um, and why do you think women um, are abused uh, so much by men? So red flags are really hard to find and to see because you just never know because they could be that Prince Charming and be that great guy for, you know, six months, a year. And then after, you know, a while, 
of being with them, all of a sudden something changes because that's what happened with me. You get into a relationship, you, you know, he's a great person, great guy, you know, um, treats you well. And then you find out, you know, he may have a gambling issue. He may have a drug issue. He may, it could be a number of things. So it's hard to, you know, just pinpoint, you know, what is triggering this person. But um, I will say, you know, as soon as you get that, you'll get that feel. Us as women, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> us as women, we we do pick up on some things. Um, and if the person is starting to act out of character, you know, uh, whether he's raising his voice at you because he's never done that, um, you know, if he's starting to, I, I, you know, just, I don't know. He hits you and tell you, oh, I'll never do it again. You know, right there. That's done. You know, it's it should be a done deal because something is going on within that person that's going to um, continue to happen because, you know, there's something wrong with that person. There's something wrong with that guy. And until they figure it out, then they're not going to stop abusing you, yelling at you, um, hitting you, whatever. Um, so anything that's out of character, that is the red flag for me. And I would think that would be a red flag for anyone. Um, so you just have to pay attention. Um, that's the biggest thing. You just have to pay attention. For me, I do that now. Um, I pay attention to everything. You know, you can be walking a straight line for a whole two, three months. And as soon as you have a little you know, sidetrack, <laughs> then I'm going to start questioning this. I'm going to start, I'm going to wonder, you know, why, you know? Um, so yeah, you just have to pay attention to their, their uh, actions. Um, so you you mentioned that if, if, a, if a guy hits a woman and then it means there's something wrong with the guy and until they figure it out, um, they cannot have a proper relationship, which which I agree with you. But then there are there are women who tend to stay with the guy who is hitting them, mm -hmm. um, justifying it that we are trying to help the guy figure it out. But then, because they are staying, they just keep on getting abused more. Um, what's your take on that situation? Like, how can how can a woman take the next bold step? Because and I know you mentioned that you you have a kid as well, um, and and sometimes I have I have seen that, especially the women who have children, they tend to stay in the marriage no matter how bad it is, for the sake of their kids because they don't know um, how they will handle it. So, for both of these situations, what's your take on that? What what should be the best scenario or best step to take in this one, this situation? Well, when it comes to children, um, even though my first husband never put his hands on me, um, we did not get along, of course, because of my trust issues. Um, so there was a lot of arguing um, between us. Um, so I would never fully blame him for our relationship breakup. But because of children, that is the reason to get out, period. Never stay in a relationship, in my opinion, because of your children. 
Um, if your children means the world to you, if you want to see your children happy, if you want your children to grow up happy, you have to take them out of that horrible, you know, that horrible circle because, you know, as children, we, children, um, are sponges and they come, they tend to pick up things. Um, so if they see mommy and daddy fighting, um, they think it's okay. So if you want your child to be, you know, um, okay when it comes to growing up and being respectable and things like that, yeah, take those children out of that relationship. You know, you don't have to necessarily cut the ties between the father and the, the children, but you need to cut the ties between you and that father because your children, you don't want your children to be in a toxic situation. Um, now, women who tend to stay in these relationships, there's a lot of reasons why they do. Um, for me, I don't have children with that guy who did that to me. Um, my second husband, um, we have no children. But um, I stayed in this long relationship because not that I wanted to. I was being threatened. Um, I was told I was going to die at times. He was going to kill me. So there was things that I had to do in order to keep my life um, so I can be around for my children. Um, a lot of times my children were with their father, so they didn't pick up on a, or weren't there for a lot of things that happened. Um, but everybody's situation is different. Um, but for me, I had to stick around just so I can keep my life. Um, but I will say if you are going through something like that, you have to tell somebody that you trust. That's just bottom line. Um, you know, you have to talk to somebody. That's just, there's no if ands, buts about that because I didn't and it just caused so many problems. But yeah, definitely if you have kids, don't stick around. If you love your kids, you know, and as mothers, we all love our children, just leave. Take your children out of that toxic relationship. Take them out of that circle because your children will grow up to be the same way. They'll grow up to be angry. They'll grow up to um, hate people. They'll grow up because of what they saw. And that's not okay. Nisi, I feel that's a really nice advice for all the women out there who are suffering from the same circumstances. Um, what do you think about privacy and personal space? And did you face any instances where your partner was constantly demanding to check your phone because they didn't trust you, although you were the one who were victimized? Because I know um, some of the uh, male partners who um, abuse their female counterparts, they tend to um, make sure that the woman is not given that much personal space so they can she can ask for help and sometimes they check her laptop sometimes they check check her messages their phone um right. which again tends to become a lot harder for the woman to go and seek for help because she's constantly afraid what if the partner finds out then there will be 
more issues and more conflict. So have you ever encountered such situations? And what, what do you think about that? Um, I have not encountered, I don't, I don't remember him checking my phones and stuff like that. Um, him being up under me a lot, he was, if he was not out in the streets getting high. So that's where a lot of the abuse came from. He started doing drugs. Um, and I didn't know that at the beginning. Um, so that's what started a lot of the issues. Um, but for women who maybe going through that (laughs) bottom line for me is to tell you he has to go to sleep at some point i'm not saying to hurt him i'm not saying to kill him what i am saying is he has to